Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We are basically one week away from Derby, which, you know, in this area is a very special week. I know a lot of activities this weekend surrounding the Kentucky Derby Festival, but uh, a week from Saturday, it is on. In fact, a lot of great days next week as far as horse racing goes leading up to the Derby with the Oaks on Friday and Thurby on Thursday. So a fun week ahead, but glad you're with us today. There's basketball and other sports locally to talk about here on this Friday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always catch us as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, basically anywhere out there. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. You can listen on demand. The podcast is uploaded each afternoon, basically at the conclusion of our live show here on the Big X. And appreciate all of you that are with us uh, all the time. I know a lot of you tune in daily for IU basketball and, of course, the latest in southern Indiana sports. We're just in a great area when it comes to year-round, really, following our local sports scene. And you put IU and a lot of basketball stuff with it. And IU football from time to time can strike the interest, I know, as well. Uh, but glad you're with us. And we've got some fun months ahead here in the off season. And uh, I will uh, look forward to staying in touch with you each day here on the show. Glad you're with us. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. We've got some headlines, some news of the day for this Friday, April 29th. Uh, Tamar Bates getting some praise as a player that could see his NBA stock rise next season. And when we talk about all the talent that is in Bloomington right now, Tamar Bates definitely has to be in that conversation. Uh, you would think that you could expect a completely different year from him in season number two uh, based on the prospect he was coming out of high school and I thought he had some really good moments this year for Indiana when he uh, got opportunities. So uh, we'll talk about him in just a moment. Also, the NFL draft. I think I did a quick count as we were coming on the air. I think seven uh, Big Ten players in the first round of, what, 32 or 33 picks last night. So we'll recap that. Obviously, Micah McFadden, I think probably not tonight, but probably a Saturday pick if he's going to get selected uh, in the NFL draft. I think the most likely IU player to get actually drafted is McFadden. There are a couple others that maybe could be uh, surprise picks late or get uh, picked up through the free agent process. Uh, but McFadden could, I think, hear his name called probably not tonight in Vegas, but probably in round number three, which is, I believe, sometime on Saturday. Also, 
I've got a crazy NIL headline to share with you, and it's just the world we live in now with transfer portal and and NIL, and I don't know really. To me, it seems like at some of these schools, uh, at least in the players' minds, it's it's not a name, image, and likeness agreement where you're getting paid. It's paid to play or paid to for you for the athlete to play. And uh, so we'll talk about a what a interesting headline I think this is here in just a moment. Uh, later in the show, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join us. We'll uh, break down the latest with IU basketball and more. And then finally, we'll wrap the week up with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Lots of basketball and recruiting to talk about uh, when Kyle joins our program here on this Friday. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And let's look at some of our headlines for the day quickly here in this first segment. Uh, I saw a story yesterday by Adam Finkelstein, uh, who is now with 247 Sports. He's covered national basketball recruiting, especially the prep school scene uh, for many, many years now. He's, he's, I think, a legitimate source. But he he penned a story about uh, 10 players whose NBA stock could improve next season. And Tamar Bates was on that list. He had really good things to say about Tamar, dating all the way back to his high school days. And uh, so an interesting player to watch his development over the summer, which we won't see much of, and what his role looks like for this Indiana team next season. It's hard to see him uh, not getting many more opportunities than what he did in his freshman year. Of course, Bates was a late addition, a lot like Malik Renault was uh, this year, uh, a real gift, I think, to Mike Woodson. And uh, we'll be interesting to see how he fits in and how he's used in year two, a very talented player that came in with a great reputation as a high school basketball prospect, someone that was initially committed to Texas and then changed with the coaching uh, decision, with coaching change there. So Tamar Bates, uh, not only somebody that I think IU fans are thinking will be big next season, but someone that on a national level is being seen as an NBA prospect if he can, uh, can you know, continue to improve. And obviously he's got to get more opportunities to do that. Also, NFL draft last night. Again, I think uh, I counted up seven Big Ten Conference draft picks in the first round, so not bad by the conference. The highest pick in the Big Ten at the number two pick, Aiden Hutchinson, of Michigan, a defensive end. Ohio State had a little flurry of picks uh, in the first round. Uh, they had the uh, 10th pick, Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver who went to the Jets. And then right behind him, Chris Olav, a wide receiver uh, from Ohio State, went to the New Orleans Saints. So the Big Ten with uh, two top 10 picks, uh, three in the top 11, and again, seven in the first round. Uh, and the uh, There'll be more today in the uh, second round of the NBA draft that takes place uh, in Las Vegas. And again, Micah McFadden of Indiana. Uh, if a Hoosier is going to get drafted, I think it's going to be him. I think he has a chance in the third round, uh, according to everything that I've read. Uh, possibly a couple other guys could be late picks, but I think it's likely Indiana has one pick and a couple – that are selected through the free agency process that follows the draft. So additional rookies can uh, get in the league, at least get an opportunity to uh, to uh, try out for a team or be part of a team in the preseason, the offseason. Interesting NIL headline. Uh, Miami player, 
his name is Isaiah Wong. Uh, he was big for them in their run to the Elite Eight. Obviously, Miami had a really good and surprising in many ways, NCAA tournament run, but he is threatening to leave. This is all public. He is threatening to leave the Miami program if NIL pay doesn't increase. So he's basically publicly put out the word. His agent, Adam Pappas, said that Wong will enter the transfer portal this week if no new deal surfaces. The agent said, quote, if Isaiah and his family don't feel that the NIL number meets their expectations, they will be entering the transfer portal while maintaining his eligibility in the NBA draft and going through the draft process. The story I read was from the Miami Herald newspaper. It says Wong already has an NIL deal with South Florida billionaire and Hurricanes fan John Ruiz, but Ruiz told ESPN and the Miami Herald that he would not renegotiate Wong's contract, which is worth $100,000 according to canesport.com. So um, he is also uh, in that Life Wallet uh, NIL deal, which is the big one that uh, uh, Nigel Pack got at, what, 400000 a year over two years, or, or I should say 800000 over two years, and a vehicle. So uh, we've got players now demanding more NIL money or stating that they will transfer. That is uh, – that is a first, and probably not a last, but uh, definitely a first. And I guess you know the player feels like that he's uh, was part of their run and uh, should get more sponsorship deals and opportunities through the NIL process than what he has so far. But I think it just kind of takes you to where we're at today that a player publicly is threatening to leave, not over the coach or not over anything that happened bad this year. He had a good year. His team had an exceptional year but yet he's publicly stating he's going to leave the program. Now, he's also got one foot out because he's testing the NBA waters as well, but it sounds like he he needs to play another year of college basketball at least. Uh, but yeah, un- unbelievable, really. So um, NIL, it's, uh, it's good in some ways. I think it's helped college basketball in many ways retain a lot of players that otherwise may have uh, put their name in and hoped for the best and went overseas or to the G League if NBA – uh, draft didn't work out for them. I think it's made them realize they can stay, they can get paid, they can make money, and in some cases, really good money. And I think that the money's only just getting started at certain programs. I think it will go up and up and up. Uh, and I don't think there's any kind of cap on anything as far as what you can pay a player through an NIL deal right now, which is interesting. Uh, but this is one of the, to me, you know, the negatives. A player publicly stating he's going to leave over lack of NIL deals. I'm just not sure that's the right way to address things, but it's it's where we're at today. So uh, we'll see if uh, Isaiah Wong enters the transfer portal today or if somebody comes up with uh, another NIL deal. I know the guy that he had the deal with said he wasn't. I think I said the quote, wasn't going to renegotiate the contract uh, with him. But again, he probably sees Nigel Pack come in, who wasn't on the Elite Eight team last year, and, uh, and gets big money from this life wallet. So it's kind of an interesting deal that – You've got a company maybe where there's some jealousy over what they're going to pay an incoming player as to what they're uh, willing to pay a returning player that had success this past year. It's kind of created a little bit of an issue. So interesting to watch how this plays out. And, again, this is just the first of many or the first that I've read of many 
uh, I think, crazy NIL situations in college basketball and college football specifically. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. You can text me at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450, and I'll read your text or comment or question, whatever it is on the air. And don't forget the Thornton's uh, is, is your perfect stop for all their best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. We'll head to a commercial break, and when we come back, I'll be joined by Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk recruiting, and we'll get into some IU football as well. And still ahead, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star checks in for his Friday chat as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. And we've got lots to go through with IU and the world of college basketball. But, uh, Dylan, I actually want to start with something that really doesn't involve Indiana. I mentioned in our headline segment today the Miami player, Isaiah Wong, that is basically threatened to transfer and enter the portal today if he doesn't see an increase in his NIL deals. And really, if you think about it, Nigel Pack, who's an Indiana kid, went to Kansas State, then announced last weekend he's going to go to Miami. He got a huge NIL deal, 800000 uh, over two years and a vehicle. That deal for Pack kind of backfired on Miami. It's the first time that this has at least publicly happened where we kind of can see and understand what's going on. But because of Pack, the new guy on the block, and his big uh, NIL deal, Wong isn't happy, and he's uh, he's threatening to get out of there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, this is what a lot of people hoped wouldn't happen with NIL. You know, you don't want players to try to kind of hold – Schools hostages. It's not even the school. I mean, it's, it's the deals that he has with with the businesses around the area, or whatever it may be. He wants them to, to pay him more, and you know, saying he was the you know the kind of the, the face of their Elite Eight run this past season in the Sweet Sixteen, or sorry, in the in the NCAA tournament uh, to go into the Elite Eight from Miami. Um, it, it doesn't feel very college-ish. You know, it feels like something you might hear like someone in the NBA do because, you know, they, they want a bigger contract or something like that. So uh, I think it, it, it made people a little bit uncomfortable uh, with kind of NIL hearing, hearing kind of his, you know, this, this happens or if or else I'm going to leave. You know, I think a lot of people were a little bit uh, nervous by that. And, and it's, that's, you know, they have every right to be because uh, this is not kind of what you want to happen. You don't want players to, you know, think that they should be making more than, than this guy or whatever, and they, they're they going to go somewhere else, they're going to threaten to leave. I mean, it just feels a whole lot like NBA free agency, which, you know, it kind of started to feel that way anyways with, with the transfer portal and how you can go and, and go somewhere else whenever you want, stuff like that. Uh, not, now there's just kind of money involved, which makes it even feel even more like NBA free agency. Uh, I saw someone joke on Twitter yesterday, like, hey, maybe it's, 
it's not a bad thing uh, for Nina to have a guy with 20 years of NBA experience as the head coach now, because it just seems like that's that's what we're kind of having to navigate an off season like the NBA kind of does. So uh, it's it was definitely crazy when I saw that. I was like, oh wow, I can't believe you know it just it just feels weird you know seeing a, a college kid kind of making those declarations and and those points. Um, so. It's going to be interesting, you know, hope, hopefully that's just kind of one bad case of it, and you hope it doesn't kind of happen a lot, but, uh, you know, I'd, it's going to be hard because, you know, these, these kids are able to make money off their own names now, so, you know, they're going to want to be able to, you know, make as much as they can potentially, you know, come back to college rather than going to pros, they can make a good amount of money. So uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see if this, how this plays out, if more guys kind of think like Wong and say, okay, well, you know, I was a really good player on this team, I should be able to make more stuff like that. I mean, we're going to see, but uh, yeah, it didn't, it wasn't great for the NAL uh, positive train yesterday. I think a lot of people were a little bit uncomfortable with it. Uh, just, just was kind of how it all was phrased and come out. So, uh, you know, we'll love to see, hopefully, hopefully it's not like that uh, for every player. And then hopefully uh, this is supposed to be a positive thing for players to be able to profit off their name, image and likeness, but hopefully it doesn't turn into anything a little bit more and worse than that, which I think some people think it could be. Yeah, also uh, getting into IU, and there's lots to talk about today, Dylan. I've heard rumblings, rumors. I don't have any names, so so don't text and ask me, uh, <laughs> people listening. But I've heard rumors that uh, you know when Brian Walsh was bumped up to the third assistant, that opened up the, I think it was team and recruiting specialist or team and recruiting coordinator. I forget exactly how the job is listed, but I've heard rumors that that job has been filled. I don't know who, but uh, I've seen a couple people hint at that, and uh, that will be interesting to see. Could it be a former IU player? Could it be somebody that Coach Woodson could groom to be a an actual on-the-floor-in-recruiting-world coach at some point? Uh, that obviously is a big job these days when you've got uh, all this recruiting activity uh, going on in the spring with travel teams playing different places and then obviously getting ready for the summer live periods in June and J- July, which are really the, the heart of the recruiting calendar as far as for coaches being able to get out and see so many different prospects in, in really in a day's time. Uh, so I think that's not a job that gets a lot of publicity like an assistant coach does. Uh, and Kenya Hunter and Yasir Roseman, I mean, those are big-name assistants in the world of college basketball. But this team and recruiting position, I think, is is important as well. Yeah, it definitely is, especially just when you think about what Brian Walsh was doing in that position before he got bumped up to an assistant role. Um, you know, he... I think it. I think it was Gabe Cups, the one that he was. He was very much involved with, um, kind of getting in touch with him, creating that first kind of relationship, um, and he he essentially got him sort of in the door for 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 the other coaches to kind of come in and close it. I mean, so I mean, it's obviously a big role, and they, and you know, Walsh did a, a really important good job, and that's why he's got moved up on the staff because he did so many things kind of behind the scenes on, on the recruiting trail, whether it's you know you know, making the first contact with a dude. I mean, I know he doesn't, he can't go out and recruit on the road, but, you know, just kind of behind the scenes in the office, it could call, you know, being able to, to contact guys, identify guys as well, you know, hey, this guy's playing here, there, we should look at him here, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's very important. Um, and it kind of helps, you know, the other coaches, you know, kind of navigate and all these kind of things. So uh, it's a big role and, and you know, you know, it doesn't sound like it. You're just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is kind of a random position. But, I mean, if everyone kind of listens to that Brian Walsh interview, I mean, you can tell how important he was to sort of recruiting. And I think a lot of people already know that, and that's why they're so excited for him to be an assistant coach now. So, clearly this position is a good one and an important one. Um, so, yeah, I, 
I also haven't heard the name of who who it's going to be, um, but I mean, clearly whoever it is, you know, they they think they're going to do a really good job and help with recruiting, which I think this Indiana coaching staff has has done really good with so far in terms of just recruiting and you know getting guys in the door and getting guys to commit here. I mean, it just seems like they've 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 got a really good kind of system to to work here to to get recruits in. So uh, it's it's going to be a, an important position, and yet, like you said, I mean, it it could definitely be like with Walsh was, you know, a guy who could step into a coaching role in the future or a guy who can you know you take on a little bit bigger role so so clearly this role means a lot to to Woodson in the program so I'm sure whenever we find out who it is or whatever I mean I'm sure it's someone that they they trust and will probably help it in a lot in recruiting and I just had a friend in the basketball world text me something uh, that I'm not going to read on the air that makes a lot of sense and okay. uh, if this if it is this person um, it, it it will be good for Indiana and I'll explain more about it when and if it becomes official so uh, but interesting stuff there. And, again, it's amazing to me, uh, and I was talking with somebody about this yesterday, in fact, the same person that sent me this note, it's amazing to me how big a Division One staff is these days. It used to be when you got a job, you know, you had to pick maybe, I think at one time it was two assistants, and then it became three, and those are very, very important hires. But now beyond the on-the-court assistants and the assistants that can go out and recruit, you've got, what, five, six, seven people, depending on, the size and the budget of the program that a coach gets to hire or keep those positions filled. And so uh, there would be a time where there would be no such thing as a team and recruiting coordinator and a video coordinator and a director of this. And, you know, just it's, it's unbelievable the number of positions that these guys have now. Uh, but with the changing world, transfer portal, roster management, how recruiting has changed, uh, a- analytics as well, how that has affected the game, uh, there, there's a need for all these additional positions. I think. Yeah, you need guys to basically cover all the bases, all the grounds. You need eyes everywhere. You need guys who can do certain roles and just make sure you guys got everything covered. You know, sometimes it could be overwhelming if it's just you know the head coach and a couple assistants trying to handle everything. So to have these kind of behind the scenes people, you know, doing doing really important things for the program is huge. I mean, you know, obviously on, on TV or maybe in the media, we only kind of talk about, you know, Woodson and the three assistants, but there's so many other dudes who, who are around. I mean, strength coach, stuff like that, that, you know, we, you always kind of see them in, you know, around the court pregame and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I was like, oh, I mean, damn, it looks like there's a lot of people on Indiana staff because there's a bunch of different positions, as you said. And, uh, I mean, it definitely probably takes a lot to, to be able to run a successful program. So, you know, I think Indiana's done a pretty good job, and they have a lot of good people in those positions, which is good because you, know, you kind of need that behind-the-scenes work, guys, who can make things a little bit easier on maybe the coaching staff, make them not have to worry as much about certain things here and there. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of opportunities now in college basketball, uh, which is cool because, you, know, you know, I know there's a lot of aspiring young coaches, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you can't just come in and join a staff. Sometimes you might have to go be a – uh, you know, video director or guy who cuts up film or stuff like that to just to get your foot in the door and then you kind of work your way up. So uh, it's definitely good. You know, it creates a lot of opportunities for guys who might want to be into the coaching realm or, or be a part of a program. So I I think it's a good thing. And obviously those people are important because, you know, it, it takes a lot to, to, to run a successful basketball program. And uh, I think you know, is doing a pretty good job with it. All right. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. Uh, I want to bounce around and cover some other topics with you today. Tamar Bates, and I mentioned this in segment one today, he got a lot of praise in a story talking about uh, some potential guys that could really see their draft uh, impact, their draft stock improve 
for 2023, that June draft. Uh, I thought debates being on that list was outstanding for him. And as a reminder, the reputation he has and the skills that he uh, had in high school to get him to be a, a, a five-star recruit. And, you know, we saw flashes of that, I think, at Indiana. But he's a player really on the radar for next year to see how he elevates his game to another level. I feel confident that he's going to do so. It's just a matter of how much. Yeah, I think he definitely needs to be one of the guys that takes a big step. Um, you know, guys can make a big leap from their first year to their second year. Um, and I think for Bates, you know, we, we saw, like you said, we saw flashes. There were times where, you know, he would come in and he'd just kind of be that all-bench second lineup unit. And he was the only guy that could really create his own shot, could really, you know, take somebody off the bounce, maybe get into the paint, get get to a pull-up shot. You know, he was one of the few guys who could do that. But because – you know, he was surrounded by a couple of dudes who, who weren't great offensively. You know, it was a little bit harder for you. Had to, it looked like he was forcing shots at times. And, you know, he, he didn't play a whole lot. So maybe the times that he came in, you know, he felt the need to, to, to speed up and get into a rhythm or get a shot off and try to help his team and all that kind of stuff. And now this year, I think if he has a little bit more of a defined role, if he's playing with the starters or, you know, with, with some of the better players, um, I think we could see him take a really big jump. Um, you know, he he profiles as a guy who can who can be a really good scorer. You know, he's got a good shot. He can get to his he can get to a, a little mid range thing. He, you know, they kind of do that pin down for him. He kind of curls around the screen. You know, that stuff always looked pretty good with him. Uh, and, you know, Pete, and you know, I think just one more year of kind of getting stronger, building your body out, he might be a little bit better to kind of to attack the rim, get into the paint because you know he's he's a pretty lengthy and, and a tallish guard. So you know, he should be able to have that skill to kind of get downhill get at the rim, finish over guys, or finish kind of around guys. So, you know, his, his game profile is to be something that's really good. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously everyone was really excited when he committed to Indiana, and I think everyone expected him to, to kind of just fit right in and, and be a huge kind of contributor from this past season. And, you know, that wasn't the case, and that's not always the case with these kind of guys. But, I mean, still the talent, everyone knows it's there. And I think just one more year of developing – um, and, and we'll see what he can do. But I think, you know, he's, he should be one of the most important players on the team this upcoming season as just a shot maker, a guy who can, you know, give me it and I'll get a bucket for you. You know, I think he could be one of those guys who Indiana really hasn't had in a while. So, you know, it's going to be it's, – I'm excited to kind of see what progression he makes in his game. You know, it's also going to be one of the first examples of how do guys develop under Coach Woodson's staff. You know, this is, this is Woodson's second year. Um, and, you know, with a guy like that, a five-star coming in who, who showed flash in his freshman year, this is going to be one of those first examples of, you know, how well guys can develop. I know with, with kind of the old coaching staff, development was was a thing that wasn't really there now and then. So, you know, this is going to be another big thing. You know, if Indiana can start developing these players and Bates being, you know, probably the top one on the list, Bates, Geronimo, those guys like that, you know, if they can develop and really you start to see things that are really different in their game, they look so much better, that's going to be a really good thing. And it should, get, it should get a lot of fans excited, too. So, yeah, you know, definitely intrigued to see what Tabar can do this upcoming season because uh, I think he should have a bigger role. Um, and I think everyone expects him to, and we'll see kind of how he, how he plays. But, uh, you know, I could definitely see if, if, he, if he grows into the player a lot of people think he could be, you know, there's, there's, there's no surprise that he is maybe on some guys, you know, draft boards and, and mock drafts and stuff like that. Dylan, who else on the roster next season uh, are you most excited about to see their development this offseason and what role uh, they fit into for next year? I can think of uh, multiple players easily that come to mind. I mean, that's just how talented uh, this IU roster is, and I think intriguing to see how Coach Woodson and the coaches – 
use this offseason. I know there's no foreign trip or opportunity to play games. It's just the normal uh, allotted hours of practice, and I'm sure open gyms playing together. But I feel that this offseason, and I know every offseason is important to every college team, but with all the talent on this team and who's coming in and who's coming back, and, of course, we're waiting to hear on TJD, but I just feel like that if this group can get together and these coaches figure out rotations and who plays best with each other, uh, there's just so much talent to go around. Who else beside Tamar Bates are you looking to take uh, big steps forward next season? Well, yeah, no, I know Geronimo's a popular one, but I'm actually going to say Trey Galloway. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see if he's able to develop an outside shot because that is the one thing that you're like, man, if he just has that, he could be a really good player for Indiana because, I mean, we saw defenses would leave him open. He would be hesitant to shoot at times. When he would shoot, you know, it probably didn't go in a whole lot. But, I mean, if, if he can develop an outside shot, um, he could be a really good player. I mean, he's got kind of everything else. You know, he can he can attack the paint. He's got a little. He's got a really nice floater game. He can pass the ball really well. He can defend really well. Um, and the one thing he was lacking was just the ability to space the floor and knock down a shot. You know, if he's Xavier Johnson, you want to play those two at the same time. And Xavier Johnson gets in the paint, and kicks it out to to Trey Gallo in the corner. You know, he's got to be able to knock that down, take it, and make it. And, and you know, that's going to be the number one thing that I'm really curious to see because. I think if he gets that outside shot going a little bit, you know, he could he could be a really really good all around player for Indiana. So I'm excited to kind of see if he gets that part of his game down. Um, I, I know with this, you know, a lot of people kind of look at look at young guys and, and see you know what what they can improve on. But I mean, I should think it's kind of interesting to kind of see what Race Thompson looks like next year as well. You know, I think in in his quote that you know when he said when he was coming back, like he said he trusts Coach Woodson to, to you know develop his game to the level that he wants to be at. And that's that's just kind of telling. I mean, we saw him be able to step outside and knock down shots a lot uh, this, this past season at, at a little bit better rate. You know, I expect him to do a lot more of that this year. You know, I'm just curious to kind of see, you know, how a, a six-year race Thompson, you know, might – you know, he, he's gotten better every year he's been in Indiana. So, you know, is there another level he can get to? I think people should be excited about that. And, you know, obviously we're waiting for Trace, and I know everyone probably saw that video of him kind of picking and popping out and knocking down the three on uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago. So – you know, that, that'd be that'd be obviously a, a huge one that people would want to look at. But, yeah, I would say with some of the younger guys, I mean, Galloway for sure, I, I really want to see what he's able to do. I'm kind of excited to kind of see if he got that knockdown shot. Because, I mean, I think every Indiana fan loves Trey Galloway and they love seeing him play. Um, but, you know, those were just the, the couple things that he couldn't do that if you told yourself, man, if he only gets that going, he could be a really good player. So, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's you can go up and down the list. I mean, you could be like, well, Anthony Leal make a jump and be able to kind of get consistent playing time. You know, you can go up and down that roster. There's just a lot, a lot of excitement, you know, and, and a lot of talent. And I think everyone kind of senses this team could – to do some special things, you know, whether or not Trace comes back or not, they should have a solid foundation of guys who can step in and play. So, you know, there's a lot of exciting play, uh, pieces to play, and and the, you know, you get, you're getting to the point where you're trying to be once you try to figure out rotations, like, oh man, you know, there's there's you know ten guys who you you know you think you could play really good minutes here. So that's going to be a, a tough thing for the coaching staff to kind of maneuver. But uh, it's a good problem to have is to have so many guys who you think can just fit right in and play in the Big Ten. So definitely an exciting time for Indiana basketball and. And you're right. I mean, this is a huge offseason for some of those guys because, you know, development is key in a, in a college basketball program. And, you know, I know a lot of people think, you know, with the transfer portal, it doesn't matter. You can just bring guys in here and there. But, I mean, still, 
the ability to develop guys and get guys in your program and have them there for a couple of years is still going to be a valuable thing, I think, in college basketball. And hopefully Indiana can continue to do that. So, and that starts this, this offseason. It's a big one for some of those guys. All right, Dylan, I, I got to have you go back here and explain something to me. Uh, you're the second person to mention this Trace Jackson Davis video. And uh, someone earlier in the week said he's got a beard. And now you're saying he was picking and popping and knocking down three-pointers. Tell us more about this. Yeah, so I didn't see I, I it. Think I, yeah, it's it's just like a, a a short video. I think he posted it on his Instagram story. Um, it looks like he's just working out with a couple guys, and they're doing obviously. So he's just kind of sets a pick, and he he pops out, and he hits a, a, a three from basically kind of the the wing, and and he just knocks it down. It, it looks kind of nice, and you know he's got he does look like an older man with the beard. Uh, you know he looks like he's kind of a grown man coming back. You know, so I mean if he keeps that beard and comes back to Indiana, I mean he 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 look like a pretty good stud. You know, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was only one three, so it wasn't like it was multiple, but it was just a short, like, six-second clip of that one thing of him kind of picking and popping out and then knocking down the three. So, uh, I mean, obviously, guys post things for intentional reasons, and I think there was a, a lot of reasons why he wanted to post that pick of, or that video of him knocking down a three-point shot. So, you know, clearly, I mean, we, we heard all offseason, too, or, you know, even Woodson, the presser, saying, well, you know, he, he shoots them and, and makes them in practice. He just... You know, not comfortable doing it in the game. So, you know, maybe maybe he's getting a little bit more comfortable kind of shooting the ball, uh, you know, outside, you know, 10 feet a little bit, maybe even behind a three-point line. So uh, I'll, I'll DM it to you. I'll send you the video uh, once, once we wrap up here. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's, it's only 1-3, so, I mean, people can say whatever they want. But, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was nice to see, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is our guest. Dylan, uh, IU football for just a moment. Uh, Tom Allen and the team obviously uh, uh, getting ready for the NFL, I should say, watching the NFL draft, wondering probably if Micah McFadden will be drafted. I I think I'm accurate. Uh, You sure know better than I. He probably is a third-round pick if he's going to get drafted. And I would say of the IU guys that are draft eligible that we think could maybe go, he probably has the best chance of any of them to be a a third-round pick at some point. Absolutely. I would be shocked if Micah McFadden wasn't drafted. I mean, he had a really awesome season for Indiana last year, you know, despite the two intense season and the struggles. Um, he he was just a really solid player. And I think he started to get some national recognition for that. I think some guys were a little bit high on him and, and as they should be, you know, he was a, was a really good player for Indiana. And, uh, you know, I think he's basically been on a lot of draft boards as someone who could go and, and, and you know, the next couple of rounds here. So, you know, if he go if he goes tonight, that'd be awesome because you go in the second day that it's on TV. You know, it's the third round. You know, but if if he slips, you know, his name will probably flash up across the screen on TV the next couple of days over the weekend, and you know, the fourth or fifth or whatever it may be. But yeah, he's he's definitely going to be one of the guys who you know you think should should be able to get drafted. And you know, I remember last year Nina had a couple guys. You know, uh, Jamar Johnson was one of them. He went to to the Denver Broncos. Um, so. You know they they they've they've had a kind of steady thing of, of a couple of defensive guys being able to get drafted lately, so uh, that's good. And you know it's going to be cool whenever he gets his name called. And uh, I think you know everyone for Daniel will will be pretty excited for him. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about guys kind of excited about seeing his name called. So it's going to be a, an awesome thing for him and and a good thing for the program. You know you always you always want to be able to hang your head on. Hey, we got this guy to the NFL, and you know everyone knows McFadden's story. I mean he was. You know, he wasn't a high recruit at all coming out of high school. You know, he wasn't a big name. He wasn't a five-star. He wasn't any of that kind of stuff. So to be able to see him develop into that kind of player to get drafted in the NFL, uh, you know, that's a positive thing that, you know, you can use for recruiting. You can use for other stuff like that. So, uh, 
you know, hopefully he gets it as early, early as possible, and it should be an awesome moment for him. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us Fridays on the program on IU basketball, football, and more. Dylan, thank you. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Yep, you too. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break back with uh, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll take a look at in-state players in the transfer portal uh, and a lot more coming up in our final segment of the week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Thornton's text line is open, that number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And, Kyle, uh, these days the transfer portal is a word we talk about uh, at least once every program, if not more. And you had an interesting story uh, recently that tracked the number of uh, players with in-state connections, not just guys from in-state that went to IU, but guys across the state of Indiana playing Division One college basketball that have entered the transfer portal. And as you can probably imagine, uh, listeners, the number is great, just like the number in the overall transfer portal is great. But what did you find in your survey of who's entered the portal and uh, who's going where as we approach the deadline to enter the transfer portal on Sunday? Well, it, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, and even a guy like uh, you know Sean East, who's down your way, he wasn't necessarily in the portal, but a guy who's coming from junior college to uh, you know going to Missouri, uh, former Division One player, you know. So, yeah, I, it was interesting to me, kind of from a you know trying to track all this stuff down and see who went where, and a lot of it's social media, and you're looking to see who, you know, the stories from everywhere, and and. And, uh, you know, it's just, and then you realize like, oh man, he went here or he, you know, he's, so it's just kind of a, it was a learning process for me, uh, partly. And then, you know, I think just to show, you know, the, the mass amount of, of, uh, players who were going elsewhere, uh, you know, and I know Nigel Pack, who, you know, I covered at Lawrence Central for years, um, and he graduated in 2020. He was an Indian All-Star that year. And I remember talking to him when he went to Kansas State. He committed to Kansas State. He, I remember even he was in the Kansas City Airport when I talked to him. And he was committed uh, to Kansas State over Belmont and Rice. And I think he had an offer from Butler, but you know wanted to go somewhere else. And but you know basically it was Belmont Rice, and he picked Kansas State was his was his highest offer really uh, as far as the uh, Big Twelve program goes. But you know, but interesting to me how much has changed in his particular instance because now you know he's kind of become somewhat of a face of this NIL stuff at Miami with the eight hundred thousand dollar two-year deal that came out on Saturday with Life uh, was it Life Wallet yeah. I think it was called in, in a car and uh, you know and Miami's kind of putting it out there which is a little bit different uh, than we've seen so I think it's naive I mean I saw a, a tweet yesterday from uh, the national writer you know saying this is this is pay for play not NIL but what did you think it was going to be I mean it's it's talent acquisition and to think it was extremely naive to me to think this is not what would become you know come from this 
at least to some extent. Now, did it happen faster or, you know, different than maybe we thought it would? It, probably. I mean, I, I would have to admit I, I didn't I didn't know the talent acquisition would be uh, quite this much uh, as far as like the, the dollar signs put on it. But, you know, it, it, it is about talent acquisition. I mean, it's it's it's, uh, you know, and, that, and that's where I think it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can you kind of reverse course somewhat on this and get it under control? Um, you know, and I know that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. We're talking about more about the portal, but it's all kind of part of, you know, it's all, it's all part of all these changes of college basketball, college sports, uh, that make you think, I mean, man, I, I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, 10, 20 years. And I'm not saying it's a bad, all of this is bad. I mean, I know that's some, where some people go with it, but you know, I, I do like the, you know, I think players should be, if I'm Nigel Pack, I, you know, I would, you know, <laughs> you'd be stupid not to do what he's doing. I mean, that that's a, that's a no brainer. I mean, that, that can kind of set you up for your life. I mean, in a lot of aspects. So, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense, but you know, is it the, you know, is it a sustainable model? I don't know. Is it really, um, you know, what we're going to see in the future. I don't know. I, I don't know what the, I don't know where, what the answer necessarily is, but it seems like we've gone from being able to do nothing to do anything. And I'm not sure, you know, it's all happening so fast. It's hard to get your arms around with all of this stuff. And, and the portal's part of that. I mean, the portal, I think will, you know, I thought it would kind of find its level. I think I've told you that before, but it doesn't seem like that's really happening uh, so far. And, you know, we see guy, you know, Luke Brown, you know, he, he opens things back up and he had hardly even hadn't even been at ball state for a year. And, and, you know, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. I think he needs to find, you know, wherever he feels like he can play a lot, you know, is the main thing for him. So all these cases are, you know, you have some grad transfers, you have some guys probably going down a level to play more, which we always saw, Um, you know, but it's just a combination of a lot of things that are, uh, making uh, the structure of college basketball you know, feel like it's, you know, sort of just on not shaky ground, but just like things are changing really fast. All right. Uh, another player I want to ask you about, of course, has ties to the transfer portal is Sean East of New Albany. Uh, after a year of junior college basketball, he was re-recruited and got recruited at a high level. He had a lot of interest coming out of John A. Logan over in Illinois, but he uh, committed, uh, what, two weeks ago maybe to Missouri. I'm curious mm-hmm. your thoughts on his whole process and uh, the guy that you saw alongside Romeo Langford for those uh, years at New Albany now going to get a chance not just to return to D1 basketball but to return to a high major school in the SEC conference. Yeah, and really a school that's that they're going to be totally different than what they what they were last year. They're you know, and, and he'll have a chance, I think, probably to be the guy kind of running the show from Missouri. And and you know, it's a, it's a program under Dennis Gates now that uh, they're going to have a lot of uh, you know a lot of new pieces, like I said. And they actually lost a player too with local ties who I wrote about on this list, uh, Daron Coleman, uh, who who moved up there went from went from Ball State to Missouri, and now he's back in the portal. And, uh, you know, probably will be, you know, he had a pretty good season last year, really, but uh, I don't know where he'll end up exactly. I've reached out to him, but uh, maybe he'll come back to the Mac. I'm not sure. But, you know, Sean East is a guy, I think, you know, when he went to uh, UMass and and had a really good season, uh, then he transferred to Bradley and you kind of thought, well, he's going to take off there. You know, he had a good season. Uh, but then goes to JUCO and really blows up and has, I think he was the, the JUCO player of the year uh, last year. So, you know, a chance for him with, with still a couple of years left of eligibility to really, uh, I think, take off and, and take control. Uh, and he's, you know, really quick. Obviously, he can score. 
Um, you know, we all saw that when he was at, at New Albany uh, playing alongside Romeo Lankford and those those great teams. But, you know, I, I think this would probably be a good opportunity for him. I think opportunity is probably the right word because you go into a new situation and, and Dennis Gates has, has picked him to kind of be the guy to, to lead them. So, you know, interesting uh, situation for him. And, you know, I think that'll be – Dennis Gates did a good job at Cleveland State of, of uh, getting talent in and, and just will be taking it up to another level there at Missouri. All right, uh, Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis star with us Fridays on the program. Kyle, you had a chance to, uh, I'm sure, take in some of the EYBL action uh, when it was in Indianapolis, and uh, I'm, I'm curious. So we, we've, we've talked about a lot of the guys that have IU interest uh, we've talked about the big names from in-state, especially the youngsters, Sicily and Harrelson, that I think are going to make basketball continue to be really good in our state for years to come. But as we exit out today, any thoughts from what you saw, what you heard, what you, what you found out from college coaches last weekend in Indianapolis? Yeah, I saw, and probably the biggest one for me, I wanted to see Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn. I know you don't get into Purdue as much, but uh, hadn't seen him for a couple of years, and he'd been at a prep school, and then he'd been hurt for about a year. Uh, but former uh, McCutcheon uh, standout and it was only there his freshman year. And now he's at Montverde uh, down in Florida. And he played against there. He played in, in the practices, you know, with a couple of IU guys and, and Hood Shafina was one of them. So, you know, got a chance to ask him about that. And, and he spoke really highly uh, of him. And, and I think, you know, he's a guy, he's a lot like Carson Edwards, the way he plays. I think he gets that comparison a lot and I can definitely see that uh, with him, but yeah, so I'll, you know, Honestly, just was kind of there to watch, and I did talk to some coaches and players. But uh, you know, it was fun just to see it. You know, Bronny James and watch watch his team. A really good player. Um, you know, fun to just see the the uh, the genetics. You know, the, the just kind of the way he walks and you know all the stuff his dad LeBron does. But um, you know, it's it's uh, it's such a good high level of basketball. It's just uh, it's kind of fun to sit down and just see some of these guys play. And over the years, I've saw a lot of you know DeAndre Ayton and. You know, just all kind of Bagley and just all kinds of guys come through that, you know, go on and play in the NBA. So it's kind of fun to see them up close and personal and then uh, know that they're going to be going on and, and, and playing at a at a really high level. Uh, DJ Wagner was another one. Enjoyed watching him play. Uh, he's, you know, sounds like he'll be headed to Louisville or Kentucky most likely, but I uh, got a chance to talk to him a little bit too. So that, it was a, it was good. It was a good experience, and uh, it always is. It's a, definitely, like you said, it's a very, very high level of basketball. All right, Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis Star, with us Fridays. Kyle, thanks for the chat, and uh, we'll talk with you next Friday. All right, Matt, sounds good. Thank you. All right, Kyle Nedrip, uh, always with us Fridays. We cover all sorts of basketball topics. Uh, have a great weekend. We will be back with you on Monday of next week. There will be a few changes in the schedule. I'm going to be out on Tuesday. And then we've got a Bats Day game on Thursday, but I'll keep you posted with everything next week. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.